Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Live in Conversation. Um, I hope everyone's days are going well so far, and I, uh, you know, I hope everything's going well. I know, I mean, things are going pretty, pretty swell for me, so I hope things are going well for you as well as they've gone for me. Um, today, I am going to talk about 2024 um, and we all know what's in 2024, the presidential elections. It's no secret. Also, if my voice is a little bit raspy, a little bit off, I don't know why it's doing that. I'm really hoping I'm not coming down with anything. Um, but just in case I have been, uh, you know, avoiding, uh, contact with anyone like physical contact. Um, and I've been, I have not gone out, but I just started this morning. I'm almost certain it's, it's just allergies because, um, you know, my nose has been a bit runny and I mean, I, I honestly feel like that's all it is, but you know, I'm just trying to be extra safe here. Um, so yeah, but anyways, um, let's talk about 2024 presidential elections. More specifically, we're not talking about your Joe Schmo Senator governor. We're talking about the big deal. The, the biggest one of them all president. Um, now obviously this election is at the same time contested while not being contested enough. And and that's that's an odd uh, comp- combination because that really doesn't combine. It's actually uh, like contraries of each other. They're kind of polar opposites in a way where it's like, you know, it's too contested or it's not contested at all. Um, <clears throat> and, and here's what I mean by that. It's, it's contested in, part, in, in parts of it, but it's also uncontested in other parts. You know, contested, the contested parts, the parts that I think, you know, have the good amount of, you know, uh, what's it called? Like, you know, competition um, and all of that. I got to say the Republican Party, you know, they have a lot of people running for their primary. Ultimately, though, I mean, we all know who's probably going to win. It's going to be a big shocker to everyone. Probably Trump is going to win that primary, which, you know, I mean, is quite unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it's it's whatever, I guess. I mean, we really can't control that. I can't control that being a Democrat. I can't just run into the Republican primaries and start, you know, putting in a bunch of ballots for Chris Christie or anybody else, you know. Um, but... Parts where it's also, you know, contested enough, where it's like, you know, there's there's good variety, is, is independence. Um, already, we have RFK, we have Cornell West, which a lot of people actually still don't know. Cornell isn't running under the People's Party anymore, he isn't running under the Green Party anymore, he's running independent. Which honestly, I see as a good decision for him, but also a bad decision for him. I feel like, you know... It, it was more so to, to match RFK's move of leaving the Democratic primary and going independent. And unfortunately, it really hasn't gone as well for Cornell as it has for RFK, which is unfortunate because I really do like Cornell's policies. I love his agenda, his platform, his issues. I love all of it. it, it I honestly think it's all perfect. It's my ideal, you know, policies. It's, it's my ideal list of a platform, honestly. I think it's a perfect platform, um, you know? Uh, and I feel like we honestly could have gotten such a platform back even as far back as 2016 with uh, Bernie Sanders, 2020, again, with Bernie Sanders, maybe even Marianne, but, you know, at that time, we still had Bernie running actively, and he still had his his uh, insanely large movement behind him. Um, now, 2024... If we look specifically at the Democratic primary, because if you look at 16 and 2020, the one thing that was in common is this progressive 
left wing um you know change was was all happening within the democratic primary but if you look at 2024 you have joe biden who i actually saw a post about it today i'm not sure if it was it was i don't know why it keeps doing that but anyways um i just completely lost my train of thought because of that fantastic um you know that's honestly just why i think you know we need to open more things oh yeah that's right now i remember what i was talking about if we just made things easier to run for office in this country, it would not be, it wouldn't just be that simple. I mean, you know, it's easier to run for office, sure thing. But what about the requirements for, uh, and it just cut out again. I don't know why it always cuts out like that, but uh, I saw that post today about Biden and it says that apparently Biden's planning on on going more left wing if he wins re-election, which is, is such a stupid point, you know, because... I hardly believe Joe Biden, of all people, is going to go left wing, is going to go far left on the left wing. I doubt it, even into progressive territory. The, the furthest left I see this dude getting is center. That's, that's the furthest left I can see him getting. He's honestly on the right, in my opinion, um, which honestly sucks because it's just tarnishing our name because it makes us seem clueless. He literally is clueless, you know, visibly clueless. So it's just completely like throwing the Democratic Party name right into the dirt. You know, it's just dragging it in the dirt and it's it's not doing anything good for us. Um, you know, we've seen several times in a Trump v. Biden rematch, Trump is going to win. It is inevitable, not by an astronomical amount, but still by an amount that says Americans do not approve of Biden. But also, you know, when Americans are stuck in a duopoly system, you know, it doesn't necessarily do citizens any good. If anything, it makes our our job as voters much more difficult when we're brainwashed into a duopoly-like system. Because in a duopoly system, I mean, yeah, you have two choices, but would you rather have two choices or would you rather have you know, like about like 10, 15 good choices. And then, you know, maybe a hundred other choices. Would you rather have two choices or would you rather have several choices? Sorry, I had to get that hoodie off. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard that on the mic. I was hoping you did. And I was trying to do it all sneaky. Um, so that the recorder wouldn't go off on it, but, uh, probably did. So my apologies for that. But honestly, though, if we look back Back to what I was saying, if we look back to 2016 and 2020, that left wing shift attempt was happening within the Democratic primaries. But if we look into 2024, it's it's not happening as much. It's really not. Um, if you look at 2024, I mean, yeah, we have Marianne Williamson, who I mean, I, I support absolutely. If she were to become the Democratic nominee, number one, I'd be shocked because that shows that the DNC really isn't rigging anything. Um, which would shock me, but, uh, number two, you know, I would absolutely love to support Marianne and I would hope that Cornell would become her VP, honestly, because I feel like a, a, a Williamson West ticket would just be phenomenal because they both have incredibly similar policies and where the, where the slight differences are, I feel like their, their ability to collaborate and negotiate would would end up with a pretty good outcome for this country. I think that would honestly be the the dream scenario. That'd be my dream scenario. Will Williamson winning the primary and being able to have Cornell West become her VP. I would love to see that. 
But, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like the DNC is going to rig things, and I feel like, you know, Biden, Biden will ultimately, you know, win the primaries, become the nominee. But, yeah. Um, ultimately, when that does happen, um, and it sucks to say when that does happen rather than if it does happen, ultimately, when that happens, I, I just want to say right now, and I feel like everyone knows who I'm going to support, you know, obviously, everyone knows... I support Marianne. I love Marianne. She's phenomenal. She's amazing. Her plans are genius. And it's happening within our own party's primaries, which is just fantastic. You know, we don't have to go for an independent off the bat. We don't have to, you know, lend our support to another party because, you know, while I think that, you know, third parties are very important, it also tarnishes our name by us having to you know, go to another party's candidate to support what we actually want, because then that makes us seem a bit indecisive. You know, I, I always liked to prefer, you know, when it was within our own party's primaries, you know, Bernie Sanders, 16, 2020, you know, I think that's fantastic. Ultimately, he, he ended up, you know, not getting in both times. And I ultimately ended up making the mistake both times of endorsing, you know, Hillary, endorsing Joe, and, you know, I'm not making that mistake anymore. You know, 2024, when they end up rigging the primary and Biden ends up winning the primary and becomes the party's nominee, I'm not going to support him and I'm not going to support Trump. That's definitely not going to happen. Uh, everyone already probably knows this, um, but if you don't and if you don't expect it, I would ultimately end up giving my full support and endorsement to Cornell West. Um, I think he is phenomenal candidate. I think he is absolutely wonderful. His his uh his agenda just makes sense and it will get the job done. Um and this isn't like a whole Cornell PR plug or anything, you know, this isn't like sponsored. This isn't an, a, like a campaign ad. You know, this is just how I feel, you know? Uh Dr. Cornell West is, is a genius in my opinion, you know. He speaks and I've heard him speak. Um unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to, you know, see him in person speaking, I would love to have that opportunity, um, and I hope it does come around sometime soon, because I'd just be phenomenal, but I, I've heard him speak on, you know, like, podcasts, I've seen him speak on his videos on his Twitter, and whatnot, and I gotta say, this dude is incredibly impressive, um, and how old is, is Dr. West? I forget how old Cornell is, let's see... Cornell is 70 years old, Let's see, Joe Biden. How old is Joe Biden? I want to say 80. 10 years younger. Cornell West is 10 years younger than our current president. Biden is, is currently 80 years old. Cornell's currently 70 years old. Um, and here's the thing, you know, some people might be like, oh, you know, Cornell's still pretty old. He's pretty up there for being, you know, 70. But for being 70, I got to say, back when Biden was 70, Comparing Biden when he was 70 to comparing corn, comparing that to Cornell current day as he's 70, I gotta say, I would pick Cornell any day of the week. You know, a lot of people try to say, oh yeah, Biden when he was vice president was a lot more together than, you know, Biden today. And, I, and you know, to some extent, I can agree with that, you know. You could tell that, you know, back when Biden was VP for Obama, you know, he seemed a little bit more, you know, mentally there. Um, and even partially for his campaign on the campaign trail back in 2020, he seemed a little bit more together. I feel like, you know, the whole, you know, I feel like 
the cognitive decline and the mental uh, stability decline is more of a recent development, in my opinion. It just seems more of a recent development, which just goes to show that, you know, this can happen very suddenly and this can happen extremely negatively and it has negative impacts all around the board. I can't see any sort of positive outcome where, you know, our leader of a, a, a leader of a country is basically, you know, facing sudden and severe cognitive decline very visibly and very publicly and they just choose to relatively ignore it and on the rare occasion they do address it it's basically the same generic you know hr approved you know script where it's like oh yeah he's doing fantastic he has never been better meanwhile i mean you pull up a clip from when he was a vp and you could tell he was clearly better back then i mean not politically of course you know he was still against what I'm against or he I'm against what he was what he was all for go figure but you know here's my thing my thing is that you know if you pull up a clip of him from back when he was VP obviously there has been decline and I'm not saying that it's it's his fault that he you know suddenly and magically was like you know he knew that this was coming I mean, everyone knows it's coming. I don't know how to say this necessarily, but it's not a just him thing. You know, everyone does eventually go through some sort of cognitive decline, whether it be a steep, sudden drop-off or whether it be a slow and gradual drop-off. You know, everyone will eventually go through that at some point in their life, especially when they're at 80 years old. You know, it is kind of to be expected, And I did expect it to eventually happen when Biden ended up becoming president, you know? I expected this to happen. I expected there to be some sort of cognitive decline. I didn't expect it to, you know, kind of happen this quickly where I can't even feel really confident as a citizen of this country that he can even make it through another term in full. You know, I feel like, you know, he might make it a year or two in. Two is kind of stretching it, maybe a year and a half. And then it basically becoming a a Kamala Harris presidency. And, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. You know, Kamala was running her her presidential campaign. A lot of people forgot about it. I actually brought it up the other day to somebody I'm I'm friends with. Um, And they were like, what? There ain't no way that Kamala Harris ran for president back in 2020. And I'm like, what? Did you seriously not know Kamala ran for president before being the VP pick for Biden. Did you not know that? (laughs) Like, and they actually did not know that Kamala was ever an actual candidate. And it's like, it's, it's shocking to me because I mean, I knew, I knew everybody that was running, you know, I knew of everyone's name that was running, but to some people, it does make sense that, you know, maybe they don't know who's running. And that's, you know, that's a part of the problem with, you know, voter misinformation and, and just, you know, the, the not there being no attempt to actually educate our voter base. You know, that is a very difficult thing to do. You know, we have a very big voter base, but we can get it done very easily. You know, we can be like, oh yeah, by the way, there's more than two parties. You know, by the way, there's a ton more candidates to these races that you're voting in that that you just don't know about. By the way, you know, this party that you've been voting for for the past, you know, few years, couple decades that you've been voting even, There's another party that is active that has, you know, the the, the standards and the policy that you more agree with. You know, there's a great website I recommend everyone goes checks it out. 
isidewith.com. You can take a quiz on there and it can match you up with candidates in your local race, in your local elections. It can match you up with candidates from even past elections as well. It can also match you with what political party you are most in line with and that you are most in agreement with. You know, and I'm not saying, oh yeah, take that test and immediately register with that party. I'm not just going to go ahead and say that, you know. But what I am saying is that it is a very useful resource, especially um, for like elections, specific upcoming elections, where, you know, you can view by candidate who you agree with the most after, after taking a quiz. I think that's a phenomenal service. I think, honestly, our government should have made some sort of system like that many, many years ago, back when the internet was first started. You know, I think that would have been a fantastic idea, but, you know, we just never thought to do it, I guess. And, you know, I, I personally think that, you know, such a service probably shouldn't be, you know, ran and influenced by the government. You know, I feel like that can lead to some probably bad results. Um, but yeah, go check that website out, isidewith.com. It is a phenomenal website. And yes, I'm on there. I'm on there, you know. Not saying to specifically go check me out, but, you know, it'd be, it'd be fantastic if you did. Um, but, yeah, you can go check out a bunch of races that are upcoming, whether it be this year, all the way up to 2026, I think they have. Um, you can even check out past elections and all the stuff I said before, because now I'm just re- realizing I'm repeating myself. Um, but, yeah, you can go check that out. You know, I think more services like that definitely need to not be necessarily created by the government, but they should be advertised to our voter base from the government. Because, you know, hold on, what is this? (laughs) Ugh, sorry about that. I have a very rocky, rocky bed that I just completely bumped into um, because I'm like, here's the thing about me. When I talk in this podcast, I don't think a lot of you actually knew, know this, but I actually frequently pace. I can't can't sit in one spot because I get a little energetic, and I, I necessarily I can't necessarily uh, move my hands around like I would like to, um, because you know one hand has my phone in it, so I can actually record the podcast, um, and the other hand typically has you know some sort of like bottle of water or something in it you know I have a bottle of water in my hand right now my left hand then on my right hand I have my phone recording this so you know it's like it's it's, I can't really move my hands around as much as I would like to so I end up pacing um you know because I I get very very energetic when I record this because it's like I got to get the point across you know what I mean um and yeah so um you know obviously I lend my full support to Cornell West I think he's honestly the best choice. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, there are two pretty good choices. There's, you know, obviously Cornell West running independent. But if you want to run for somebody that's running under some sort of a party, you know, I would recommend uh, Claudia De La Cruz, who's running under the PSL, the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Their campaign is pretty good as well. Um, obviously, you know, I'm personally going to lend my like endorsement, my endorsement to Cornell West cuz I just think, you know, he he has the the um publicity, he has the way of of reaching people. Um and I I feel honestly, you know, Claudia De La Cruz and uh Karina Garcia, you know, I I don't think they necessarily have the same ability that Cornell does. Now, when Cornell gets to picking a vice president, I do hope he picks Marianne that would be phenomenal. Um, I don't think he would be picking Bernie because I think Bernie 
is still firm on his endorsement of Biden, which, you know, I think is a little bit disastrous, a little bit unlike Bernie, if you ask me. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed he didn't run against Biden because um, I feel like if Bernie ran against Biden in 2024, there would have been primaries and it would have been a lot more public. It would have been a lot more in people's faces. And I, I, I still hope, honestly, and there kind of is still a little itty bitty bit of time for this to happen. Bernie can just hop right in, <laughs> randomly just announce his campaign, and everyone would be in shambles. Like, it would be 2016 all over again, and probably 2020 all over again. Like, that would be fantastic, in my opinion. I would love to see Bernie get into the ring for the Democratic primary, even if it's his last time, and even if he does end up losing. I just want to see it happen again because, you know, Bernie has phenomenal primary campaigns. He has phenomenal primary moments where, you know, he is actually close to winning. And it's pretty much widely agreed upon that if Bernie made it past the primary in 2016, he would have became our president. But Hillary, unfortunately, made it through the primary in 2016. I'm pretty sure in 2020, I think there was something similar where, you know, Bernie was going to beat Trump. But I'm pretty certain that, you know, nothing changed between 2016 and 2020. Bernie would have always beat Trump. Honestly, if Trump ends up winning the Republican primary in 2024 and it's him against whoever the Democrat is, I think the that honestly, if Bernie was in the Democratic primary, they would be saying the same thing. Bernie will forever be able to win against Trump. They just don't want Bernie because of his policy. They don't want the progressive policy taking over because then here's here's what I think the heads of the Democratic Party think. I think that they think that, you know, if they allow such a progressive to take the nomination for president, the highest office in in the in the government, in the country, if they allow a progressive, a true progressive, to take that nomination and to even win the office, they're then held to a standard where it's like, okay, we need to get the moderates out and we need to get the progressives in. And when that happens, the moderates lose their control. And a lot of moderates are pretty good friends with the people that run the Democratic Party. I'm almost certain of it. You know, it, it, it makes so much sense because why do you think we continue to have so many moderates, you know, coming for the Democratic Party? Honestly, if I were in charge of it all, you know, the Democratic Party would be pretty much the same thing as the Green Party. You know, we would probably take a lot of the Green Party stuff. We would be Green Party, practically almost identical to what Cornell West, Cornell West is running under and what the Green Party also additionally stands for. You know, I think that's what I would turn the Democratic Party into if I really had that ability and that power to do so. I would love to do that. That'd be fantastic. Um, you know, I don't have that power, unfortunately, but, you know, that's what they're scared of. Because then they can't have the moderates. Because the moderates, when there's extremists being voted on the right into the primaries, you know, when it's always the extremists on the right being making it to the past the primaries and into the general elections, we end up casting moderates. Because then the, the Republicans that are against the extremism in their side of the party... Um, when they're against the, the extremists in their own party, they end up actually not voting for the extremists. They end up voting for our moderate candidates because the shocker, 
Our moderate candidates are closer to what they want than what their own party's extremist side offers. And, you know, that's a good thing in a way because, hey, you know, we get more votes. You know, it's fantastic. Phenomenal, right? No, because it's not just about the votes. It's about what we're pushing. Because if we're pushing our moderates and the other parties pushing their extremists, our moderates do nothing. They sit around for most of the time. They're extremists. While everything they pretty much promise is completely backwards, they have the charisma. They have that extremist's energy. And I feel like if we put our quote-unquote extremists on the left wing into past the primaries and into the general elections, if we had more of that to combat the far-right extremism, I feel like not only could that open up a third-party opportunity for, you know, like, forward party to rise up, I think that would be phenomenal as, like, a center party, as, like, a middle party between the two, and to be treated seriously. You know, I think that'd be fantastic, but also it allows us to actually combat against the right-wing extremism because what we're doing with us not embracing, you know, progressive policy and instead embracing moderate policy, what we're doing is, is, is pretty much letting them continue their extremism, but just kind of surrounding it and not even good surrounding, you know, like a surrounding that has a bunch of holes and patches in it that, you know, the extremism can easily slip through at any moment, you know, that's what we're doing. We're taking our moderate voter base and we're taking their moderate voter base, combining them in a way and making a, a crappy surrounding around their extremism, which at any moment could burst out because the surrounding is not strong. It is not stable. And what that does is it drives progressives out. That's the reason, well, main reason, that you know socialist parties exist and why the Green Party exists and why there are independent left-wing candidates who aren't even running under the Democratic Party or any of the other left-wing parties because they feel... They feel alienated. They feel left out by a party that was like, oh yeah, all about, you know, we can get progressives in. But then they realized that the right was doing the same thing. They were getting their extremists, which is our, pretty much their version of our progressives. They're getting their extremists past the primaries. And, you know, they thought, you know, oh, it'd be very risky in a way. And again, this is all speculation. I mean, I, I don't think this is 100% accurate, but this is what I think is wrong. This is what I think is the general problem. Because then you have, you know, the people on the far left who are now, you know, being pretty much kicked out of the Democratic Party in a way because we just keep getting moderates. We keep getting moderate candidates. And the occasional time that we get a progressive candidate, they end up getting bashed against a moralist, ethic, non-ethical, you know, extremists on the right that ends up spreading pure lies using false labels to get them to lose. It is, it is an unbeatable game in a way. And that's why the Democratic Party is also struggling. And, you know, if the Democratic Party were to ever, you know, really collapse, I would go right to the Green Party because, you know, the Green Party honestly represents much more than what the Democratic Party represents in terms of my, what I believe in personally. But the reason why I don't run under the Green Party right now 
and the reason why I don't run under a, you know, like a socialist party or anything like that isn't because I don't agree with the party, not because I don't agree with the agenda. If anything, I agree with their agenda far more than what, you know, the general generic Democratic Party, you know, foundation and, and, you know, mission is, you know, I personally think that, you know, if the Green Party were to ever actually actually get such high prominence, I would I would honestly love to go to the Green Party. But the reality is that we are stuck in a duopoly system. And in order to put down the duopoly, we need to get into the duopoly. We need to intrude that duopoly. We need to get in by force. We need to start running in their primaries, flooding their primaries, and we need to make sure that we're getting real, true progressives into their primaries. That's why I'm running as a Democrat. You know, if I thought that, you know, ending the duopoly by going to, into the uh, duopoly was possi- wasn't possible, then I would not be running as a Democrat. I would be running either independently or on another third party. But the issue with running third party is the duopoly. And, you know, the third party external attempts at dismantling the duopoly have failed time and time again. I think what we need, you know, it's fine if they keep doing their external attempts to take down the duopoly. But what we truly need is internal attempts to dismantle the duopoly and its ridiculously large amount of power and control it has on voters. You know, we talk about, you know, monopolies and how they're bad. You know, monopolization is not good at all. But if you think about it, why aren't we applying that to our political system? Because if you think about it, there are two main parties that have a monopoly over how our country runs, how our government runs, how it functions, what it believes in, what it passes, and what it, re- what it vetoes. You know, realistically, I think that's complete nonsense. Um, you know, I think there needs to be far more options, you know, and that'd be great. But, you know, unfortunately, I can't really run as a third party candidate because I have no shot in hell in actually winning. You know, that's why I'm running for the Democratic nomination, because a lot of people end up just voting blue or red. You know, they don't really care necessarily about what their candidates are standing for. And that's that's the issue, realistically. And that's why I think, you know, we need to challenge that duopoly. We need to challenge the red versus blue you know, thought complex within voters. You know, we need to instead be like, it's not just about the colors. It's not just about the party name. It's about the individual candidate. It's about their policies, their agenda. And also, why are we only focusing on two parties when there is dozens more? You know, we need to have more access to competition. We need to open up the availability within our elections. We need to make it Non, non-duopoly. non We need to make it open. Not just three parties or two parties or four parties. We need to open it up to whoever wants to run. Realistically, we need to make it easier for people to be able to register to run for office. We need to make it easier for people to be able to run for office. And we need to make these requirements and we need to basically make everything about the job of our government far more transparent so that people know what they're signing up for when they do end up running for these offices. Because if we made running for office much easier in this country, much more non-complex, I guarantee you a lot more people will be running for political office. But on top...
Oh my goodness. I don't know why it keeps doing this. This is getting annoying now. But the point is that, you know, if we just made it easier to run and to file to run, you know, that's fantastic and all. But what about the job requirements? What these jobs require you to do? You know, that's a whole other part. And we need to be more open and transparent as to what these jobs require you to do. You know, if you're going to run for some sort of political office, that's fantastic. I think a lot more people should be doing it. But we should also be, you know, opening up, oh, yeah, what are you going to be responsible for? You know, in particular, we need to make things far more transparent and we need to make things far more real and open. If we ever want our government to continue to do well and fairly and properly represent the people and uphold the constitution of this country. And yeah, oh, that's pretty much it. Um, we went through some technical issues, a lot of me catching my breath because I keep moving around a lot and I keep raising my voice because I'm very, very excited. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. This is a very long episode, I believe. So you guys were in for a treat. Um, I will see you probably next week, especially because of the length of this episode. It's really long. Um, but yeah, so... If I don't see you guys the rest of this week, I will see you guys next week on the next episode. But yeah, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.